Bills make me wanna shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois, a real stinker in Green Bay. The Bills blanked by the Green Bay Packers. I'm Lars. The first intimate session of the year. Joining me today is the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton. Hey, baby. Today's episode brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You bet you play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code BEERS and get 100% match on your first deposit. Uh, Billy was at the game. Sujit's at the airport. Jeff is at home in Austin. So we'll get in touch with the people we can reach out to. But for the most part, it was pretty ugly today. It was, it was, it was real ugly. It was a not fun game to watch. It, it's it's one thing to watch your team lose. It's another to watch your team lose in a game that is woefully not entertaining. And I can't imagine it was very entertaining for Packers fans either. Yeah, it was, it was quite a snooze fest. I, I was almost at the bar by myself for a little while. Almost fell asleep. Uh, subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your neighbors, tell everybody you know. In Bill's Nation, how you found this podcast. Cass, let's not waste any more time and get into it. Come on and shout. Buffalo's happening now. 22 to nothing was the final. Last week we talked about how hard it is to shut a team out because of the garbage time, stats, and yards that the Vikings were rolling up on us. But lo and behold, the Vikings defense, or excuse me, the Packers defense, which nobody was really fearing going into this game, managed to keep all points off the scoreboard for the Buffalo Bills. But it wasn't all ugly, Cass. We'll get into... Wasn't it? Wasn't it? (laughs) We'll get into all the things that were supremely ugly about this game. But let's talk about some of the bright spots. Let's see if we can find one or two between the two of us. And focus on those for just a few minutes. Who is your Labatt Blue MVP of today's contest? I mean, can I go to Buffalo Bills uh, Facebook team, social media team, for actually getting the location of Wisconsin correct this week? Did you see they actually did like <laughs> the, the animation in the shape of a W yes. over? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was clever. Well, that was nicely done. Very well done. Um, you know what? I feel it's a pretty abysmal game. I'm going to give my Labatt Blue to LaShawn McCoy. He got out on the field. Interesting. He he averaged 4.8 yards a carry. That's not bad. He was out there playing. He didn't fumble. I do, I'm stretching here. Well, I am I think we're going to talk about him later. I, I just, I can't. I would like to come back to him I, at it later on in this segment, if that's okay. That's fine. I challenge you to give me a Labatt Blue player of the game. Uh, how about Taron Johnson? Uh, two straight weeks. I guess the guy, kid plays pretty good. He had a good forced fumble today. Seems to be around the ball. Him and uh, Tremaine Edmonds doing a pretty good job of locking down the middle. Uh, I'd also like just to give a shout-out to Bojo. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean. I mean, you know, pick this guy up off the street. <laughs> He's a rookie out of New Mexico. And, you know, he hasn't really missed a beat. Uh, he had plenty of work today. Yeah, yeah. He's going to need to hit the ice baths after this today because yeah. he's going to be feeling some pain. Corey Bohorquez, uh, make sure you ice down those hammies. <laughs> um, and then I'm, I'm also going to give an honorable mention to Zay Jones uh, just because I know garbage time. Just because I know Jeff's listening. And uh, actually, we'll, we'll mention it here as, before we get into the Jenny Cremails that uh, Jeff has a, uh, a certain hatred for Zay Jones. And I, I understand he had some bad drops last year when Tyrod Taylor was quarterback. But I maintain that uh, over the last six years, it is a fool's errand to try to evaluate any of the Bills quarterbacks. They should all be receive, or excuse me, wide receivers. 
they should all receive an incomplete based on who was throwing to them. And I think that Zay Jones is a nice little player. If he had anything uh, remotely resembling competence at the quarterback position, I think it would be a different story. That, I think, segues us into Cass. Yeah. The Jenny Cremel bummer of today's game. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of them. And I think most of them are on the offensive side of the ball. I, I don't think the defense played that poorly. I, okay, so I agree with you, though. I do have one defensive player that I would like to give a, a call out to. I think he's on my list. Go ahead. Trent Murphy. There it is. I talked about You and I were talking about in the game. Can he move his man left or right, up or down? Like, I narrowed in on him today, and he didn't do anything out there. And as much as I hate Jerry Hughes and his over-pursuit, and, of course, Aaron Rodgers knows how to move in the pocket. Josh Allen, you better take a look at that. Uh, Trent Murphy did nothing to, to, to put any pressure forward, back, left, right. He just kind of, like, ran into his player and just kind of stood there for a majority of the plays today. So it just seemed that on both sides of the ball today, that play calling was yeah. uninspiring. Now, I don't know if offensive execution really broke down or how that worked out, but Aaron Rodgers had all day to throw, and it was just, you know, ugly out there. They didn't really seem to be yeah. forcing them to do anything, and we kind of joked, like, I guess it's going to be six quarters this way and six quarters the next way, so... Maybe the next game and a half will be fun to watch. Hopefully. Be because the last game and a half it sucked. sucked. <laughs> uh, this one in the second half of last week. So I don't know if uh, Leslie Frazier took over play calling duties again. I'm sure we'll find out. Again, we're recording immediately following the game. So much is learned between uh, when the game ends, when you hear this, and when we're talking. So sometimes it doesn't always line up. But as uninspiring as the defensive play calls were. Oh, my were, God. I'm not sure what the hell was going on on the offensive side of the ball. I, I would agree. We knew that getting Josh Allen some comfort in the beginning, getting some momentum, getting some rhythm, where was that? Where was any Nowhere of the short out routes? And I don't know, maybe I, I, was wa I was trying to watch Green Bay to see if they were kind of hinting at those or trying to jump those routes. I didn't see it because we didn't even attempt those passes. I think that today, and, and just to stay on the play calling bit for one one extra second here you know last week's game plan from brian dable was so creative and they had everybody off balance oh yeah and it worked out great we didn't see that this week but at the same time i almost wonder if it was a bad combination of josh allen versus mike Petton, who runs an overly aggressive scheme that a more wily play caller and a more wily quarterback can definitely expose. Yeah. And we've seen that from Pet. We saw it from Petten in the one year he was in Buffalo. It's kind of boom or bust. Yep. Puts up a lot of sack numbers, lots of picks, but they can't stop the run. But they had us on our heels because Josh Allen, I don't know if his pre-snap reads are just that bad, but they sacked him, what, seven times today? And he, he threw two interceptions. Both of them were terrible, terrible decisions by the, by the rookie quarterback. One, one definitely. The other on the Benjamin, you know. <laughs> the Benjamin death play? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Goodbye to, Benjamin, <laughs> to uh, his career. I don't see him. Well, really. his career died in <laughs> Buffalo yeah, yeah. Uh, before that pass. He's one of my Jenny Cremel bummers just because the guy has been just a, a, a complete non-factor. I do, however, before we get more into Josh Allen and the offensive plays, play calls and his inability to identify a blitz before the play begins, which I think cost us the game today, 
let's go back to Shady McCoy for a second here. Because yeah. what we were saying last week was that nobody in their right mind says that Chris Ivory is a better running back than LaShawn McCoy. But he seems to be more effective in this offense. And I, Shady, I don't know if he just he is we, not. I, I just think we didn't give him, we didn't get a lot of touches today. He had, what, five carries? Chris Ivory had six? That's I mean, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, I mean, I'm looking at the stats. Five carries, 24 yards. And how many average. times did Allen throw the ball? More than 40? Uh, 16, 16, 33 attempts, it looks like. So we've harped on this podcast for a long time about the crippling effect of three and outs. That Shady McCoy only ran the ball six times, and yet Allen only attempted 33. Now, granted, he was sacked seven times, so, yeah. I mean, there's there's seven dropbacks that would have otherwise been pass attempts. But they could not get – they were constantly playing from behind because of penalties or sacks or negative yardage. And I just want to stay with LaShawn McCoy that he's great if gotten into space and he can make one guy miss and pick up big chunks of yardage. But right now we don't have a quarterback – who can identify those things pre-snap or get the ball out on time to make that happen. And he just doesn't seem to be a, a very uh, – he doesn't seem to be a complimentary piece of this offense. And besides pre-snap, one thing that does really concern me is his lack of presence or knowledge when he's in the pocket. You're talking about Josh Allen. Josh Allen, sorry, yeah. Like, numerous times – He's turning into players like he has room to the left, but yet he decides to go back to the right where the pocket has completely collapsed. I mean, how many times did he just run into defensive players? It is a concerning thing because that seems to be one of those things that you don't learn. Yeah, you just you got to know. You got to feel it. And then you turn around and you watch Jordan Rodgers and he just... Jordan Rodgers? Jordan Rodgers. Yes, I, uh, I watched The Bachelor. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers' brother who was on The Bachelor and is now engaged to JoJo. But is he speaking with his brother Aaron? No. No, they cool. are not. So that's, cool. a, that's a whole other scenario. Um, but uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers just moves in the pocket, like does, like has that movement, looks, knows what he's doing. Granted, he is a veteran quarterback, but Josh Allen just looks so lost out there. And that is frightening. Like, the fact that, like, maybe looking downfield, he doesn't know what's going on down there. He doesn't know what's going on within the pocket. This was just a really, really big step back game for Josh Allen. And I think that we were all hoping to see week over week incremental improvement. And that's what we sort of raved about last week. But I don't think that anybody who was even hoping or expecting that thought for a second that there wasn't a possibility of a step back, which yeah. is obviously what we saw today. And I think it's p- part of it is that Mike Pettin defense, like he just, he just couldn't figure it out. Like yeah. he was confused. And I don't know if that's going to be the blueprint, you know, de- defensive back blitzes moving forward, or if he's going to, they have said that he's a smart guy and he learns from these things. Well, well, he saw a lot of stuff today that maybe he's never seen before and uh, was exposed for being a rookie, for being that raw. And he was also, you know, 
aside from his inability to have any kind of pocket presence or read a defense, he was very inaccurate in in the first half especially. Second half, not so much. But in the first half, he was sailing passes. It was like almost like he was throwing away when it didn't need to be thrown away. Then he gave up three points, which turned into a, a, a three points in the other direction. So yep. a six-point swing. That was a big swing, in my opinion. Think about that. We're going into halftime, down 13-3. We've got some momentum. We've put some points on the board. I think just that, from a from a mental st- like place, is a really, really big swing in the game. I know it's, it's only three points, but I think it's a huge swing. And, and he did he did nothing. I mean, that ball should never have been thrown. Like, just throw that ball out of bounds. Yeah, that no. Is just, a complete, yeah. That is just... 100%. 100% on his fault. And I know that he's a rookie. I know that he doesn't know. But you got to just pull that down, throw it out of bounds. He did a great job scrambling there. Don't get me wrong. He did a great job not to lose any yards, keep us in field goal range. But then he just throws it up there. And it was just a stupid, stupid play. And this doesn't seem, this doesn't strike me as the stuff that like, oh, you have to be, you have to do your turns in the NFL to understand. Like that seems to be like pretty basic football stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's very disappointing and very discouraging to see from him. So we'll see what he can put together next week. I think that, I think that the part about this that hurts the most is that after such a positive week last week, going into a game in Minnesota that we were all like just dreading and just were convinced we were going to get blown out and then the opposite happened and then we were so uncertain of what was going on but it came out of last week with so much optimism it made for a week this week which is completely unlike last week you're hopeful for game day you're looking forward to seeing what the rookie can do yeah, yeah. looking forward to seeing what the defense can do and the defense didn't play great but they didn't play that they didn't play that well either and then the offense just goes out and it's unwatchable and as far as Bills fans are concerned that's just what sucks about like the last 20 years of Buffalo Bills football is that more often than not it's this offense which is just such it's just it's so like belaborous to watch this offense uninspiring and it makes games so unentertaining and today was one of those days and it just like the, the first half of this game just sucked like everything was moving slowly, it just felt like it was lifeless out there, and now here we are, now seven days till kickoff, and like I, I, I gotta, I gotta believe that all of Bills Nation's like, well, okay, if that's what I have to look forward to, I guess, which is such a 180 from where we were this time one week ago. Back to square one. All right, well, uh, we're going to see if we can get anybody on the blower or if we can get something going here. Uh, so stay tuned, Bills fans, because we got more to cover. My bitch a choose it, love her, never fuck without a rubber Never in the sheets like it on top of the cover Money on the dresser, drive a compressor So while all this is happening, Cass has got one eye on the Cubs game I don't know if she's got her heart and her wallet riding on it uh, But she is watching this playoff chase like a hawk That's right Did you put any uh, my bookie dollars on this game? Um... <laughs> I may have done a parlay trifecta. Whoa. <laughs> you know, if this week sport this this week in sports just by the way has been a real crap one for me. <laughs> uh, I big big golf fan. Looking oh, forward yeah. to the Ryder Ooh. Cup. Ugh. Way to crap the bed. Phil Bubba, you played your last Ryder Cup. I'll enjoy seeing you as a captain. I lost some money on those bets. 
Bubba didn't play well, huh? No, no. I, I watched a little bit of this morning, but it, I wasn't surprised to see the Americans not Ugh. do well. I feel like that's sort of been the story of the last decade or so, that the Americans just don't seem to have the the fire and desire that, that the rest of the world does. Yeah. I bet pretty emotionally this week. So I bet on USA, lost those bets. Uh, I bet on the Bills. I got it at a 10-point spread. Yeah, lost that one. And then did a uh, trifecta parlay of Bills, Tigers, because we need the Tigers to beat the Brewers, but Cubs. I put some... Why did you do that? Eh, you know what? You win all of them. It would be fun. But where did you place those bets, Cass? On mybookie.com. It was real easy. Dot... Dot AG. Sorry, mybookie.ag. But it was real easy to put in three three bets, parlay them right there on that second page. Um, you know, it was, it was fun. We'll hope next week I got to take the emotions out of my betting. Well, I'll tell you what you don't take out of the betting is the promo code BEERS. Uh, use that promo code, get a 100% match on your first deposit. And if you bet up to $100 and do so after 7 p.m. Eastern, it's an extra $25. So let me do that math for you. You log on after 7 p.m. Eastern. You put $100 down. You use the promo code BEERS. You're not betting with $100. You're betting with $225. You'd be a fool not to. I might need that after this weekend. Uh, use that com- promo code BEERS at mybookie.ag. You bet. You win. You play. Something like that. You get paid. You get paid. Sitting on an airplane now, ready to depart Washington, D.C. after an obesity conference. That's right, you heard it correctly. An obesity conference is the president of the Bills Backers of Chicago, Sujit, who's here to talk about cutting the fat. Trim that fat. Hello, 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 hello. I'm just here thinking that I am going to be um, taken away by the TSA because I'm brown and also because I'm on the phone when I shouldn't be. So I just want to give you a quick update of my thoughts about this Buffalo Bills game. So I've been here in D.C. for the past three days with the Obesity Medicine Association. I take care of uh, have fatty liver disease, and they are very, very sick people who need to lose some weight. Um, and uh, you need to know the right way to do that. Most doctors don't know. So as I sat there and watched that Buffalo Bills game today, all I could think of was, man, there's some things we just don't need on this team. There's some fat that we should be cutting. And uh, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the fat that I thought that we should be cutting from these Buffalo Bills. And what I would have to say is the number one thing that we have to be cutting is our lack of attention to fundamentals. I know I brought this up earlier in the season, but the dirty tackling, the bad tackling came back this week. Um, the horrible line play the, uh, came back this week, and it, it wasn't the fact that these people are untac- untalented. It was the fact that when our guard double-teamed somebody rather than taking a blitzing uh, linebacker, it was a disaster, and our quarterback got destroyed. Um, the other bit of fat that I want to cut is the fact that I want to cut the fat on the sheen of Josh Allen. Because I think that Josh Allen has loved, lived in our hearts in a place of really high regard. And uh, he's been a very special person. And this week, we finally saw the rookie that we all expected. Um, and that's okay. That's what I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to cut that fat. I don't want him to be 
this special kid because I think that he's 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 a rookie and he's a raw rookie and he should play like he did today. Uh, and when he does, uh, that's a sign that he's bad and going to get better because no matter what, we still saw some good talent in that kid. So those are the two pieces of fat that I want to tell you is that I'm happy to see the sheen come off Josh Allen because I think that's the only way he's going to grow. And uh, the other sheen, the other fat that I would like to cut is the lack of fundamentals on this team. Yeah, but what you, what were you drinking at that liver conference? You know, I, you know, can we get back to that later on? I ordered it. It was something like a Snake Hill. But the problem is that I also know I was drinking Snake Dog earlier this week. And something with the name Hill today. So I think that I've just combined the two. So I will be honest with you, I have no idea what I was drinking. Uh, but I was definitely drinking Snake Dog from, I think it's Flying flying Dog or whatever. Yeah. Uh, all week. All week. Okay. Um, and then today at the airport, I uh, was, was drinking something with the last name Hill. And I will update you next week about exactly what that was. Well, it's been a pleasure hearing from you from the airplane. Uh, Godspeed on getting home. Hopefully, uh, you're not arrested mid-flight for having a, an explosive device. In the they closed the doors, so it's gonna yeah. be okay. Suji, your nearest exit may be behind you. Yeah. <laughs> just, just wanna let you know. All right, guys. Go Bills. All right, go Bills. Go Bills. Well, that uh, sound means it's time for Tacos Calientes. It's Tacos Calientes. Arriba! I want some taquitos. And uh, here with the Tacos Mas Calientes is Jam and Jeff Day down in Austin, Texas. Uh, Jeff, as we all know, uh, Tacos Calientes is Tex-Mex for hot takes. So let's hear those Tacos Calientes. Hey, guys. Uh... Sounds like it's been the uh, Lars and Kathy show today, huh? That's correct. We actually did just get Suge on the phone. He's on an airplane ready to leave Washington, D.C. after an obesity conference. Listenership's going to be way up this week. <laughs> Love it. Well, hey, uh, this was the week that brought all of Bill's nation, including the four, four, four and a half of us, I should say, if we count Bill's <laughs> half, uh, including the four and a half of us back to, uh, back to reality. Um, this was sort of a stinker that was... Not to be unexpected after the after the high of last week. Disappointing nonetheless. It was a it was a really sucky game to watch. Um, nothing really to say about that other than it really it just really stunk to watch the game. Yeah. Um, not entertaining I mean, well, in the slightest. Yeah, not an entertaining game. Uh, it, it's funny. I mean, a lot of times those games you think of as stinkers. It's like there's a lot of penalties. There's a lot of this. There's a lot. There wasn't anything like that. It was just that uh, we led the league in um, three and outs um, this this game. Um, I think it was seven or eight three and outs led the led the NFL this season for three and outs. Um, it's just not going to be a lot of exciting football when you do that. You're going to put your defense in tough positions, which we did. Um, the defense got off to a little bit of a rocky start, but ultimately only gave up 22 points to an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team. You can't really ask for a whole lot more than that, particularly when you give uh, when you put them in a position of 7-3 and out. So um, let me ask you this. A, a, a quick aside here, as we're talking about Tacos Calientes. When was the last time the Bills lost an entertaining game? Like, when was the last time like we watched a game like, ah, damn, I, it's a shame we lost that game because it was fun to watch. That was a fun, it was, you know, 
I, I found myself thinking halfway through the fourth quarter, I don't really care who wins this game because it's been a fun one to watch. When was the last time the Bills lost one of those? Gosh, yeah, you're right. I mean, because I'm trying to think. It's obviously it's the last season. The season ended with, a, what was it, a 6-3 or a 9-3 stinker versus the Jaguars. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a while, that's for sure. Just like one of those back – like I was thinking about that with the Atlanta – the Falcons-Bengals uh, game this afternoon or the, the uh, Lions-Cowboys game. He's sort of like – you know, it sucks to lose, but at least you could look at the game and be like, man, that was entertaining content. Um, no, it's been a while since we've had one of those. Usually, usually, did you say when was the last time the Bills won or about Bills lost? Well, we lost one of those games. How about we just played yeah. in one? Yeah. Like, like I'm sorry, this, this year's been like a tale of two sides. It's either been downs or ups. I'd like to watch a complete game that I just don't hate one half of the football. That's true. We've now played one quarter of a football season and haven't really had a game yet. Yeah. They've been blowouts been, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, it's been a very strange season. Very strange season. I'll start with just a, I have a few, few hot takes. Um, you know, first of which first of which I just gotta say, a couple of, the, couple of things I'm gonna say have nothing to do with the outcome of this game but I just need to say them nonetheless. The first of which is as we have discussed at length on the pod before and, of course, via text messages and all, these, and all of that, what I don't understand, what I refuse to understand, what I cannot acknowledge, what baffles me, what is uncomprehensible to me, is why the special teams coach does not coach the players on the kickoff to sit their ass in the end zone when the ball goes in the end zone. I don't care if you're a Buffalo Bill. I don't care if you're a Minnesota Viking, which we happen to benefit from about four times last game. I don't care who you are. What I don't understand is how, with the overwhelming, with the surmountable amount of evidence that suggests do not run out of the end zone, that any player, that any coach in this league can allow themselves to do that. Especially after the league gifted you five yards. It is beyond comprehension. Taiwan Jones did it not once but twice today. He turned out uh, the first time he ended up on the 19 or the 20-yard line, the second time about the 14 or 15. And that is a positive result, assuming that you do not get a holding penalty, which is about a 45% chance of that happening or a block in the back. I mean, we went after Danny Crossman a couple weeks ago. This dude has been our special teams coach since 2013, since Doug Marone arrived in town. It is crazy. And the funny thing is, it's not just us. You know, when we played the Minnesota Vikings last week, we commented on this multiple times during the game. Their returner refused to stay in the end zone and gave them about a starting field position on average of about the 14-yard line. It was actually something their head coach on the post game called out as well. Said, oh, we got we to play smarter. We can't be taking the ball out of the end zone. Like, But that's one of those things like second-half timeouts where it seems to be like a, like a page one strategy. Yeah. Like this is this, this like this does not require any level of deep understanding and 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 back to that whole five extra yards going from the 20 to the 25 might not seem like a lot but if you're measuring that on the delta that's a 25 percent increase in free yards just take them that's right just take them and and look it obviously had, it had no impact on today's outcome but it's just something that we have parked on for a year and four games now since the rule has changed and it just is it is crazy that there's that the special teams coordinators are not just having a black and white rule for their players to do that 
I'm going to sandwich. I'm going to sandwich bad, good, bad on my hot takes, by the way. So one positive hot take is that I really, really actually love the way that this young player, Taron Johnson, our slot defensive back, is playing. Um, 100%. You know, there's not... Yeah, I mean, he, he's a little bit worried about his shoulder literally falling off of his body on the field. He seems to dislocated it every single game. Um, yet he comes back in the game. Uh, but there is something about him, and I don't know if you guys have talked about him or not at this point on the pod, but I just wanted to say a, a little bit of, you know, in terms of hot takes, I think he's a, he's a you know, this is a, this is a third or fourth or fifth round draft pick. I can't quite remember. I should have looked that fourth up. Fourth or fifth. I think fourth. Fourth or fifth. Not much to be expected of, but he's come in. He's made a hell of a difference um, when he's in the ball game as that slot receiver. He's a he's a good defensive back. He's a good tackler. He seems to have energy out there, and you know I just wanted to comment on that as well. He he catches the ball as well as our wide receivers do as well. Uh, we could have <laughs> used that pick six. Well, Cassie, that is a good segue to number three for me, which, as you guys may have already talked about in your Jenny Creamels. <laughs> I mean, what's there to say about this wide receiving crew, guys? It's just not very talented. And at some point, you know, there's only so much you can expect out of it. Um, look at Kelvin Benjamin has been a disappointment, to say the least. He's a big-body possession receiver that doesn't seem to want to possess the ball. Um <laughs> Zay Jones is still sort of, you know, a little. the jury's still out. I know that Lars and I sort of disagree on the potential there. Um, but, you know, the jury's a little bit still out on him, but hasn't shown anything on tape to suggest that he's, a, you know, an above-average receiver. Ray Ray McLeod, Robert Foster, these guys are young, young rookies that, you know, have yet to show any great promise. Charles Clay, you know, we know what he can do, but, you know, certainly not one of the top tight ends in the league. There's just not a lot of talent, and and look at like Josh Allen's back there. We you know we as viewers only see a quarter of the field when it's on TV. We see him hesitate. We all yell at the TV, "Throw the ball!" You know, he double. And what we don't know is what what is he looking at? You know, it's just difficult for us to understand. Are these receivers getting open? Are they not? So but on certainly, what we seem to lack on this team, and maybe Lars, you think that he can do it? I'm not sure. But what we seem to lack on this team is any of the of the like of the slot receiver quick can get open in the middle of the field yak after the catch. But like we don't seem to have that player on this roster. I think it someday will be Zay Jones. But what I wanted to interject there was that um, you know it seems to be that the the deck is stacked against Josh Allen and we have been saying that he's mentally tough that he's got the winner's mentality do we still feel confident in that because one of the things is that receiving core is not doing him any favors I think we all agree with you there Jeff um, his inability to pick up a blitz before the snap is is you know readily on display week in and week out Shady McCoy doesn't seem to be the best running back for whatever we're trying to accomplish on offense right now. And so we come back to this point of like, well, the supporting cast is like not what it needs to be around Josh Allen, and this is why he wasn't supposed to play. But when, what, what we're sort of all hoping for is that he has the mental toughness to overcome all of that and that he's got that winner's mentality. Do we feel at any point that that's going to be in jeopardy? I, 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 no, I still believe that. I mean, I think the bottom line is when you look at rookie quarterbacks in the league, um, 
whether it's Peyton Manning, who went, you know, 3-13 and 13 his rookie year and threw, I think, you know, certainly like a, close to a record number of inter- interceptions that year, or whether it's the Brady, whether it's the Rodgers, who get the opportunity to sit for several years. There are very, very, very few examples of rookie quarterbacks who, go, who have the opportunity to play in their first year and are anywhere near what they ultimately end up being. You know, and, it, and sometimes the only examples are ones that happen to regress in years in the years that follow, i.e. Deshaun Jack Watson, i.e. Deshaun Watson, right? Like these guys who have a little bit of a flash in the pan. So, um, no, I don't think there's anything to worry about. You know, we've talked about we we sort of all collectively agree that this year is likely going to be, from an outcome standpoint, a disappointing year. Um, if we get surprised by that, terrific. But we're one in three after the first quarter of the season. Certainly, I don't think anything has surprised the four and a half of us. And um, what we want to see is by season's end, you know, that there be some semblance of of hope and and, and continued pro- progress in Tremaine Edmonds, who forced the interception today, which is good to see. You know, and Josh Allen, um, as well as some of our other rookie young players. But no, Mark, I don't. I don't think there's any reason to lose hope. We all know that, look at next year is the year that we will have what is hopefully this formula of modern-day NFL, which is your quarterback who is on his rookie contract, therefore cheap, plus a ton of money, and next year is the year that finally all of our dead money is freed up, and we have, I think, the best cap um, situation in the NFL. Second best. Jets have a better Second best, okay. So I, I, it feels like next year and the year that follows, those are the years that we can finally surround this cheap rookie QB who hopefully becomes something with a bunch of talent. Until then, you know, this is what we've got. We've got an up-and-down team. We're going to have fun rooting for it. But, you know, expectations to be properly set, as Bill mentioned last week. Did you have another Tacos Caliente for us? That's it for me. Because I know you touched on that part uh, during the group meet during the game today about the rookie quarterback having heart, and that's something you can't teach. So hopefully he maintains that, that winning attitude. He has that, that gunslinger mentality, and you know he has a short memory, as they say, and this team can develop around him as, as he begins to, to piece it together himself. And, yeah, Jeff, we've been saying it since last year. We're one in three. Um, yeah. You know, we're where we thought we'd probably be. Yeah, I, 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 that's where we a, thought we'd be. And, yeah. You know, and Lars, you alluded to there something I was going off on on the, on the text stream throughout the game, um, and maybe you guys have commented on it, but which is, you know, Kelvin uh, uh, Benjamin's performance, not only in this game, but throughout the season thus far. And, and it's sometimes, you know, you're always willing to forgive. You're always willing to forgive mistakes when the effort or the talent's there, or at least you're more... Um, you're more forgiving of them. But, you know, with Kelvin Benjamin, gosh, he's been such a disappointment for this team because he seems to not only, you know, possess the the, the ability to, like, make contested catches, which is what we brought him in to do, but, you know, during I, – I got really riled up during Allen's um, mis, misguided throw at the end of the first half, terrible decision to throw it in the back of the end zone. That is play is one entirely on Allen, no doubt. But what I got riled up about was, one, 
I got a little bit riled up about Zay Jones making what I thought was a weak effort to catch a like catch the basically a 50-50 ball, maybe a 30-70 ball in the end zone. But then I got even more mad about Kelvin Benjamin jogging after the defensive back once the interception was made, particularly because it resulted in the Green Bay Packers with 47 seconds on the clock marching down and getting three points. Right. And that just really riled me up because I've, I've been concerned about Benjamin's like heart. And you can teach Ellen to not throw that stupid pass. That is a teachable moment. What you cannot teach is to tell your wide receiver to go run full ass after a defensive back after he catches an interception. What were you drinking down there in Austin today? Oh, boy, well, I started off with Bloody, and we had Miller Lite girls in the bar, so I had a, a couple of, I had a free Miller Lite. Wow. Um, but, free but then Miller. as things... As things really, uh, as, as the first half ended 16-0, I decided I need to change back to a bat blue. Clearly, that was not the solution, but that's what I was drinking down here. Uh, honestly, that's kind of a dick move by Miller Lite. Hey, who do the Packers play? Let's sell and our Miller Lite girls to the opposing team's bar. Fair point. I will say, however, that my favorite kind of Miller Lite is free Miller Lite. So, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, my favorite Kathy, kind of you beer. You know what's funny? I... I didn't even. I didn't even. You're right. That I, I, now I feel ashamed. I didn't really even connect the fact that it was. A, it's a Milwaukee bar, a beer. Excuse me. Um, but it was free, so it's tough to turn down when someone puts a free beer in your face. Hey, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you there. You always go for free 99. Well, Jeff, it's always a pleasure to hear from you, and we'll touch base, of course, after next week's game as well. Who we got? Tennessee next week. Yeah. Hey, we finally, I mean, this was a gauntlet, right? I mean, think about who we just played. Yeah, but Tennessee's looking pretty goddamn tough now, too. They're going to be riding that high. They beat Philadelphia today, so I, I think we're going to. Yeah, I, I, who I knows what's going to happen, matchup. but we'll we'll be in touch. Um, it's going to be a weird week between now and then, so uh, until then, go Bills. Until then, go Bills, guys. Take care. time now to hear from the hardest working landlord living in Milwaukee maintaining a Chicago apartment. <laughs> uh, it's Mr. Fix-It who was live in person today in Lambeau Field. Mr. Fix-It Buffalo Bill Nichols today representing Bill's Mafia yeah. uh, amongst the green and yellow. Had a had a good view from the cheap seats of an otherwise awful game but here he's with us today to tell us what he's fixing about these Buffalo Bills. Plenty to fix, Mr. Wow. Fix It. So where are you starting? I can't fix. I can't fix the fact that I came to this game, but uh, <laughs> no, it was cool. It was good times, uh, as you guys know. Uh, wife Carrie, uh, from uh, originally from Milwaukee, so it was she and her dad, and my parents came in from Orchard Park. Uh, so we had a fun time. A lot of Bills fans, you know. Overall, great representation. Uh, just a smattering. Basically, you know, you see three clumps of Pakistan to one clump of Bill fans and get a little hey going and some high fives. Uh, but that was usually, uh, it was pretty much over at halftime. Uh, and, and, that, and then it was sitting at the, you know, standing at the urinal, urinal line uh, amongst Bill fans just shaking their head being like, well, uh, well, okay, I guess we're uh, still in it, I guess. So, how's it going? We, te- Go Bills. we, we technically were. Yeah, so here's what I'm going to pick for this game is, uh, you know, listen, it's, it's what, second start, second full start. Third. Uh, I'm going to pick Josh uh, third. I got I, We got to fix his head and get, his, uh, get a swivel on his head or something because he, 
he did not survey the field at all. He locked into receivers, locked into one side of the field. Um, you know, a lot of times, too, it's, it's nice uh, being able to watch the game from up above, you know, and be able to just sort of, like, see where his head is pointed and the fact that, like, literally he's not looking at the other side of the field where there's a guy wide open. Yeah. So, you know, and then some of those, like, some of those you know, runs that were ill-advised, stepping up in the pocket as opposed to rolling out, rolling out as opposed to stepping up in the pocket. Uh, you want to call it bad decision making, swivel on ahead. We're gonna throw that all, all into, all into one, and just, uh, you know, that's what I wish I could fix for this game. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose too much, uh, you know, sleep over it. A bad game overall. But hey, that this is the 2018 Buffalo Bills. So confirmed, there were wide open receivers that he was missing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Now, do you think that's because I always wonder about this, like, and I don't know about enough about football to say one way or the other. Did it just feel, seem like the the defense knew enough about what Josh Allen was and wasn't looking at that they were going to leave parts of the field open because he knew, they they knew he wasn't going to look there, and time and time again he proved them right. Maybe, but I mean they would. I mean they were leaving guys like literally wide open. So, uh, like, but I guess the the question like on the, the on, on the flip side yeah. is, w- did you observe the same thing to be true when Green Bay was on offense? No. Then I, no. I then I, I guess that answers the question that 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 they were they felt comfortable leaving parts of the field wide open, knowing that he wasn't oh. going to see him, and that's a bad sign. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Like a guy would, a guy would be basically cheating to one side, a corner or safety or whatever, right? Cheating to one side and let sort of like leaving a guy like open, and if he caught it, he'd get another like 10, 15 yard type thing. Um, but yeah, frustrating. I mean, guys, listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna point to like 10 plays where he could have done that or something. But no, 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 it's, few it's, of those, you get a it, few of those back. And, it's frustrating because it, it's 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 plays. You keep moving the chain. It's By frustrating way, because it, hold on, it's it's frustrating because yeah. it's four straight years of having a quarterback that defenses don't respect. Because if, if if what you're yeah. if, if what you're saying is true, that means that they know enough he's about. He's gonna get there though. He's gonna get there. He he, does, he I mean, might. He did it in other cases. He, he might. Did he did it sometimes in the game. Uh, you know, he looked you know, look one way, uh, then looked the other way, throw the way. Yeah, I think you have one pass to Charles Clay over the middle. It was real nice like that. So I almost wonder if coaching him is like, hey, Josh, do do the opposite of what you think. Do it too much for him. I think there's something about maybe playing it. Playing at Lambo, just it was uh, a moment. The moment seemed a little bit too big for him for the first time. Well, tell us about the tailgating scene there. What were you imbibing on? Tailgating was was minimal for us. You know, my parents are older and we're right across the street. Tailgating, you know, it was fun. Had some broth, had some had had a couple beers. Have any cheese? Uh, but overall, you know, we just tailgate for like 45 minutes an hour. Well, what were you drinking? Point, capital. Uh, drinking a uh, fresh squeeze. Fresh squeeze. Okay, good for you. Well, we uh, yep. we got a weird one next week against Tennessee. We were just talking to Jeff about, so nobody knows what the hell to expect from that game. Uh, but we'll touch base after that game. I can't understand what you said. What'd you say? Go Bills. <laughs> Go Bills. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? Go Bills. Love you guys. Bye.
Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's the, it's the, it's the wild card. This is Bills and Beards. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. I got here for the second half. During the first half, I was drinking zombie dust, which I want to mention just because I know wherever Suge is, just the word zombie dust will get him aroused. Uh, so, uh, that, but it is true. I was having zombie dust. And when we got to the uh, the Lincoln Station here, I switched over to uh, Lizard King, which is probably my least favorite of the Pipeworks IPAs. And I actually haven't been enjoying it, although I'm on number three. Uh, it's kind of a sour, tart beer. Um, not my. It's like a very bright yellow IPA, which I think tells you everything you need to know. I haven't really been enjoying it, but for the most part, I enjoy the selections from Pipeworks. Uh, so if you find it, uh, I would recommend going with Ninja versus Unicorn. Which you guys talk about all the time. We do. It's all, good. I, all I hear is blah, 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 blah. Um, I actually think I might have a little talk with Ben. Um, they had Pollyanna back on the menu. They, they do, but you know what? This is October. Where's more of our Pilsner? It's not Where's October. Tomorrow is October. I, October Fest. Okay, October Fest is in September, which is kind of confusing. It is? In Germany? Like yeah. the actual? Oh, yeah. Oh, it, I didn't know that. It's like the first two weeks, and it ends, I think, the first week in October, first week in October, but it starts in September. October huh. Fest is in September, exactly. October is the number one month in the power rankings. Oh, of yours? Well, no, I, I don't know why it's specific to me. I mean, that's that's a that's a universal that's a, truth. Joe, okay, all right. Well, uh, so I'm going to talk with him because I, I I need a little bit more Oktoberfest. I need some Germans, some German beer. You'll probably get some too. Yeah, ben, I know. Ben's good about that. I know. Um, so I was I was pretty much drinking Labatt Blue or Blue Light bottles. Boring, but a go-to. Hey, and for this boring game, I was drinking a boring. I was going to say it pretty much pretty much matched the product on the field. Well, we talked about Sujit getting aroused. Uh, one thing that has become abundantly clear uh, is there's a, a, a from a very specific commercial that's out there with that features a Snoop Dogg or what is he what else does he call himself like Jesus Lion or what is it something like Peace World Peace Lion Oh Meta World Peace that's not Snoop Dogg uh, Snoop Dogg for the uninitiated uh, as an emoji doing a commercial for Hims which is a ED pill. And at one point in the commercial, as if it was written into his writer because he otherwise would never have done an ED commercial, Snoop Dogg, the spokesperson for the ED pill, makes it very clear that he does not have an ED. ED, of course, short for erectile dysfunction, flaccid boner disease. And can we just comment that? It's actually not Snoop Dogg. It's like an avatar, it is an avatar. of somebody that looks like Snoop Dogg. But the point here is that like it's a it's a pill for ED, and Snoop Dogg says a lot of guys suffer from ED. I obviously don't, but you might. And it's one of those things where, in saying that, Snoop Dogg makes it very clear that yeah, you should be ashamed of having ED because I don't have ED. And when he does so. At least to me, somebody who obviously doesn't suffer from ED. Obviously. Uh, at least to me, like, sort of undercuts having a spokesperson for the pill in the first place, or even just the, the effectiveness of the commercial writ large. So somebody that works in marketing here, 
I feel like that's marketing 101. I, I can't like, believe they left it in the copy. I, that's terrible. I mean, he's, he said, he, the, the Snoop emoji says, a lot of guys suffer from ED. I obviously don't. Because obviously, 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 because I am a virile man and you are a lesser. Like, what? It's the crazy. So, question is, <laughs> wild card. Just like Snoop Dogg in the ED commercial, the Buffalo Bills tend to do things that it's one step forward, two steps back. Totally unnecessary, totally not needed, but ultimately results in a net negative when we could have just kept plowing forward. Seemed to happen left and right. In fact, I even think I heard Iron Eagle today say, What's well, what's not how it is with these Buffalo Bills? It's one step forward, two steps back all day. And uh, that's how it felt. And just like just like uh, Snoop Dogg and his yeah, yeah, clearly doesn't have an ED. Um, what is it the Buffalo Bills are doing to take two steps back every time they take that one step forward? I'm I'm actually going to equate this to one person on the team, and I know. So help me, Christ! If it's about it, Jerry, yes, it, it is. It can't yes. be about Jerry Hughes. Yes, yes, it is. Do you know why? Because this. Because is Eric Wood retired, and <laughs> you only have one other person to talk about on wild card. No, the reason why I dislike Jerry Hughes is because of his over pursuit of the quarterback hence one step forward oh i'm gonna almost get to the quarterback from behind but i'm going to leave this huge pocket because nobody else is like filling in that space for the quarterback to run into happened today jerry hughes on pursuit of rogers what does rogers do Step right up into the empty pocket and run for a first down. Not Jerry Hughes' fault. I understand that it's not Jerry Hughes' fault. Then maybe I like, can we understand that this happens on like 80% of the plays where Jerry Hughes pursues the quarterback? Well, the thing is, Jerry Hughes does what he does very well. So if we're if we're gonna tell him to do something differently to make up for what everybody else can't do, well that that doesn't need to, just don't go around the there back. Was a, there was just a, don't go around the backside. There was just a don't play. go around the backside. Like so, you're, I think your ire is completely misplaced. Earlier, you gave your Jenny Cream mail to Trent Murphy. There was a play today where Trent Murphy literally ran a circle around Aaron Rodgers. He went from the right side of the line all the way to the left side of the line and doing and a complete arc around Aaron Rodgers. Wait, and he didn't run into Jerry Hughes doing that? I'm surprised because the two of them would have butted heads right into each other. Point being... Okay. I'm sorry. So there's, there's my two steps forward, one two step forward. One, one step forward, one two step forward. steps yeah, back. Exactly. There you go. Today for me was play calling. And it started on the first drive of the game. I made a joke. Attention, NFL defensive coordinators. The first play from scrimmage shall be a swing pass. It was last week. Well, actually, it was a, it was a, sorry, it was a wide receiver screen, then a swing pass. This week, it was a swing pass to LaShawn McCoy. Good for seven. Love it. That should be the first fucking play of every game. It is easy yards first every time. in every. It should be the first play of every possession. Okay. It's it's four to five to six seven. It's it's a run. It's it's basically a long pitch. Yep. It's it's a it's a more you're more likely to pick up yards on that kind of pitch kind of play. And if it gets swallowed up, that means the entire other side of the field is wide open because they've overcommitted. Seven yards. Then the offense failed to get three yards in two plays because of play calling. 
because of play calling. And I think more often than not, Brian Dable reverts back to the traditional way of thinking when he needs to keep it clever. Like we often say, often coordinate, offensive coordinators get too cute for their own good. Yep, yep. I think Brian Dable is actually at his best when the, like, the cuter he is, the better it, it, it goes. Because when he tries to run this power shit up the middle, like it's just not working. That, that was like the last swing pass, short dump, short anything I feel like we saw in the game. And I, like I said, I don't until garbage time. Yeah, like until garbage time, and it was just four, five, six yard hitches, just boom, 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 move, like pitch and catch. And I turned to you and said, like, why make it harder than it has to? Yeah, be? when it's working, keep doing it. They were doing nothing to stop it. They were doing absolutely nothing to stop it. Why don't we show that to them again and again and again? You know, you know what you've just, you know, what you've basically just <laughs> recited the entire Bill Belichick playbook. Keep running the same goddamn play until they can stop you. And I've I've heard other teams say like it's disrespectful to line up and run the same play twice. Right. Why? Because they got 14 yards the first time and then they got nine yards the second time. So learn to stop it. And until you do, they're gonna keep running the same play. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've always said about the Patriots, what do they do best? They do the thing you'd rather they not do. Fourth and one. I'd love it if they'd punt. No. Bill Belichick will go for it, and he'll run a little swing past the Edelman who picks up six every time. I mean, in the professional world, you keep doing the same thing until it doesn't work anymore. I mean, look at iPhone has made, Apple has made an entire company, a very successful company, about doing the same thing, maybe tweaking it a little, making it a tad bit better, but that's it. The iPhone is the freaking iPhone. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Like, why can't we just do that? Has been for a decade. Bills and Beer's best way to find us, search for us on iTunes, subscribe there, subscribe on Stitcher. Uh, I still don't think we're on Google Play. I might have to deputize another member of the Bills and Beer's crew to figure that one out. Uh, but follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. And if you're going to bet on games, go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code BEERS, do so after 7 p.m. and bet up to $100 and get $125 uh, in free bonus money. Cass, Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills next week. I'm looking forward to it, but you know what? Before then, we got a lot of baseball here in Chicago. That's a true. A lot of baseball. One of two things is going to happen next week. It's either going to be a, it's either going to be a surprise, or it's going to be a stinker. So I think that's what we have to look forward to for the next 12 weeks of football. Woo! Can't wait. Uh, so flip a coin on Thursday, but until then, go Bills. Let's go Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna shout.